We got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Praise God. I do want to give honor to your pastor tonight, his wife. Could you give them a hand clap? My brother right here, thankful for him. All that he's doing in God's kingdom. Brother, I believe God's going to give you a new building. And I say that when I walked in the back door and I looked over at you. Uh, God spoke that to me. So, amen. Amen. And Brother Vasquez got up and just confirmed it, so I believe it's the will of God. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 28, verse 16. Go to the word of the Lord tonight. Several years ago, uh, we, me and Sister Miller, we were uh, in a different season. We were evangelizing some, but we was mainly just preaching weekends. And uh, we had drove in on a Sunday night. I believe we was in North Texas. And we drove in on Sunday night, got home real late. Well, early that morning, I had a, a buddy of mine call me. Actually, he shot me a text, and he said, if you know anybody wanting to go to work this morning, I need somebody to come help me. So I jumped up out of the bed, and I run outside and called him. I said, hey, man, I said, I need to go to work. He said, well, I'll be there in about 10 minutes. So I hurried up and washed my face and got dressed, and we jumped in the truck, and we headed towards Onalaska, Texas, and that's probably about an hour from the house. It's over by the lake. And I didn't ask him really what we was going to be getting into whenever I told him I'd go to work. So whenever we pulled in this subdivision, there was trees down all over the place, Bishop. Power lines down, telephone poles down, houses tore up. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what in the world did I get myself into? Chainsaw works hard work. And we pulled up to this man's house, and he had a, it was a nice brick home, and he had a, probably a 90 by 60 uh, metal building right beside it. Nice shop. And it had some pieces of tin that had been tore up and we were just going to be pulling that old tin off and putting on new tin. So it wasn't too bad of a deal. And this man, he was probably 82 years old and he was a good storyteller. And about lunchtime, I asked him, I said, excuse me, sir, I said, what exactly happened here? And he said, well, son, he said, uh, tornado come through and did all this damage he said well let me tell you what happened he said I was sitting in the living room and my wife come running in in a panic and she said get the wallet and get to the bathroom get the money and he said I jumped up real fast well what he probably thought was fast and he said I I run to my bedroom and slung the drawer open and he said I looked in there and couldn't find my wallet and he said, all of a sudden, I remembered it was in my back pocket. It was there all the time. He said, they run to the bathroom, got down, and he said it wasn't about three minutes and that tornado had already passed through. He said, we walked outside. He said, I walked outside and I looked across the road and there was a trailer house that had been upended, flipped several times. He said, and on the inside of that trailer house, there was a woman trapped and she was real broke up. He said it. They had to get chainsaws and cut her out. She almost didn't survive. She had to go to the hospital. She's alive today, but it's just the grace of God. And on the way home, I was really just thinking about this, what I'd just seen. And 
And I understand the difference in the brick home and the trailer house, but the biggest difference that I recognized was the foundation. The brick house was sitting on concrete slab. There wasn't no way for any wind to get under it. There wasn't any way for it to be moved. But that trailer house, because it was sitting on blocks, because of the difference in the foundation, the individual on the inside almost lost her life. Foundation tonight's very important. Not only in the natural, but in our walk with God. Well, the Pico, we've got to have a foundation tonight. Isaiah 28 and 16 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone. That means it's been tested. It's proven. A precious stone. He said, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. I want to preach to you from that title for a minute. A sure foundation. A sure foundation. Let's lift our hands all across the house. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word tonight that's forever settled in heaven. Could you lift your voice right now? Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I feel. God, I speak it upon every heart and every mind. Lord, I pray that I would speak with clarity. God, that I would say only what you won't say and nothing more. I release the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation tonight that your body would be edified and encouraged before we leave. Confirm your word tonight. Let revelation come to those who need it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask all these things. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. If you're going to preach with me, say amen. 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 A sure foundation. Psalm 11 and 3 says, If the foundation be destroyed, he said, What can the righteous do? Any structure tonight must have a strong foundation. The cornerstone anchors the foundation and is never changed. Talk to any builder of any type of substructure and they will assure you it is the foundation that solidifies the building and that the strength of the house lies completely in the foundation. It is the foundation that brings stability while storms, floods, earthquakes, and hurricanes wreak havoc against the structure. Thus, you and I understand tonight that it is the foundation that solidifies the building and it's the foundation that keeps the building and its inhabitants secure. Do we believe that tonight? you got to have a good foundation. Jesus spoke a parable in the seventh chapter of Matthew of a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. It says that the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon the house and great was the fall of it. But it also speaks of a wise man who built his house upon the rock. It says that the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon the house and it fell not because it was founded upon the rock. When we look at this parable, everything in its entirety is exactly the same, but the foundation, it was the same rain, it was the same storm, it was the same flood, but because that man had built his house upon a rock, there wasn't no rain that could blow him down. 
There wasn't a wind that could blow hard enough to knock that house off the foundation on which it was built. Friend, when the enemy comes at you, as long as you got your house built upon the rock, as long as your house is built upon the rock, he can huff, he can puff, he can blow all that he wants to, but he cannot blow your house down. I'm thankful tonight that my house is built upon the rock. Are you thankful tonight for the foundation upon which this church is built? Built upon a sure foundation. False religion, false doctrine, men's ideas and abilities are going to crumble and fall. House built upon sand tonight. Brother, work will not stand. And the enemy knows this because Psalm 127 tells us unless the Lord build the house, the builders labor in vain. So it's been the job of the adversary from day one to destroy the foundation of God's people. See, some of us think that Trinity doctrine came in way down in 325 AD. Brother Marshall, that's not true. Hell had been on a mission. I'm just going to preach for a minute what I feel. Oh, that really don't matter. It sure does matter. Hell was on a mission from way back in Genesis 10 to destroy the foundation of God's people. See, that man by the name of Nimrod was worshipped as a god. His wife was also worshipped. Her name was Semiramis. And their son was Tammuz. We see the first trinity formed in the earth in the book of Genesis. So whenever the Lord seen him bearing this tower, this tower, Coming up into the heavens, he confused the languages of them. That's right. And whenever they parted ways, they all was worshiping the same God. They was just calling him by a different name. Egypt had their own trinity. India had their own trinity. Matter of fact, in the 177th Congress here a couple of years ago in the year 2020, a reverend got up and prayed to a God by the name of Brahma. Everybody remember when he said amen and a woman? That ain't what caught my attention. It was when he prayed to the monotheistic God by the name of Brahma, worshiped by many different faiths. and called by many different names. This happened right here in America, Brother Hughes. This wasn't across the sea. This wasn't in some other country, but this happened right here in our backyard. So whenever Constantine comes rolling along and he's got all these pagan gods and he's got this new religion called Christianity, and everybody was fighting. I'm just going to preach. 
and everybody was feuding over what was right. He got a treaty, and he said, we're going to get them, everybody to sign this, and we're going to call it the Edict of Toleration. What this was, brother, it was a peace treaty that said that all religions were equal. See, it was a move of power because they say that Constantine converted and he seen the heavens open up and he seen a cross and somebody said, with this sign, conquer. It wasn't God who said it. With this sign, conquer. With this sign, rule. So whenever these pagan temples were built, brother, he didn't even go as far as to take the idols out. He just stamped Father, Son, and Holy Ghost on them and said, let's all just worship and pray together. Well, I got news for the enemy tonight. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is one Lord. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is above all, through all, and in you all. Do I got some one God people in here right now? Do I got some one God folks? Say, I ain't backing up. I ain't backing down. He's been one from the beginning. And he'll be one to the end. Yeah. It's devil chasing preaching, Brother Devin. James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there's one God. Thou doest well. The devils believe and tremble. You got hell coming against your home. Right there in your kitchen. You just get to preaching to that devil about the one God and he's going to run right back. He's going to run right back to hell where it came from. It's time to rise up and say it. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. Brother, he ain't two. He ain't three. He ain't four. And he ain't 99. One God. Over 50 times in scripture, the Lord calls himself the Holy One. Never the Holy Two. And sure not never the Holy Trinity. See, when you get to messing with the oneness of God, you get to messing with water baptism. When you get to messing with a foundation, you begin to take people's salvation from them. Because the foundation is, unless you were born of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. Say it with me, he's one. Because God is spirit. 
John 4, 24 says, we're playing God is spirit. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 11 and 27 says that Moses endured seeing him who was invisible. Paul said, In him we live and move and have our bed. I'm in him right now. You're in him right now. Your being is residing on the inside of the Father. My God, you ought to shout just a little bit. This doctrine better not ever get old. It's what the church is built on. One God. You know what Israel did when they backslid? They started worshiping more than one God. Balaam was the father, Asterisk was the queen, and Tammuz was the son. See, when Israel walked away from God, they had a little trinity that they was going to worship too. I'm hanging on to who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of all ages. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Heavenly Father. The beginning and the end. Much more than this, my friend. He's the Son of Man. And He's coming back again. I know Jesus is the Father. And I know Jesus is the Son. And I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And all these three are one. Let me tell you who Jesus is. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Friend, we're in revival. And it's because we're a one God. Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, separated church. I'm building my house on a sure foundation. God is invisible. That's why he's with my brother over there in Italy. And he's with our missionaries over in China. And he's right here in good old hometown, USA. Because he's omnipresent. He's all places at all times. And he is invisible. And because he was an invisible spirit. Because Luke 24 and 39 says a spirit hath not flesh and bone. And if a spirit don't have no flesh and bone, little brother, you better believe he didn't have no blood. So whenever humanity fell in the garden, God already had it in his mind. In the beginning was the word. That word translates to thought. In the beginning, brother, was the thought. And the thought was with God and the thought was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things. Somebody say all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the light was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14 says, and the word, the thought was made flesh and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. When did this take place? In the person of Jesus Christ. 
without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. Not the Godhead. Godliness, it says God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Why did this happen for redemption? Because if a spirit hath no flesh and bone, it don't have no blood. And Hebrews 9 and 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Hebrews 10 and 5 says, he prepared himself a body. He said, that's okay, Adam, that you fell. Because Revelation 13 and 8 says, he was the lamb slain from the foundation. From the foundation of the world. My God, I fear the Lord. I'm preaching about the greatest love story ever told. The greatest love story ever told is not God. It's not the Son came from heaven, but God himself. God himself. God himself. He didn't look over at Jehovah Junior and say, hey boy, go get him. What kind of daddy would do that? Especially not one that loves his kid. Who he tells all mamas and daddies to love their kid. Would you tell your baby boy to go die for somebody? Or would you come yourself? See, God didn't need no help. God didn't need no help creating the world. And he didn't need no help redeeming humanity. When he got ready to speak all this into existence, Brother Aaron, he wasn't sitting there with the committee of gods saying, hey, boys, what you think we ought to do? Uh -uh. He didn't need no help, Brother Aaron. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 45, he stretched forth the heavens alone by himself. He got all this started by himself, brother. And we better bet our bottom dollar that he's going to finish every bit of it all by himself. He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the bright and morning star. He says, I am the beginning and I am the end. Because he's already there. So whenever he come down here to get a bunch of sinners like us, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. And if the Holy Ghost ain't the Father, then Paul messed up in Ephesians 4 when he said there's one spirit. One spirit. That's pretty plain, ain't it? One spirit. The Father is the Holy Ghost. So as the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, see, oh, Isaiah seen it way back, 700 years before it ever happened. In Isaiah 96, when he said, unto us a child is born, 
Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Mighty God, the Mighty God, the Ever, Ever, Everlasting, Everlasting, All Sufficient, Holy One from Israel, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's why whenever Jesus Christ walked the earth, when them Pharisees went to asking him, and he said, before Abraham was in John 8, 58, he said, I am not his flesh, but the eternal spirit dwelling on the inside of him. I'm just going to treat till I get over it. That's why when he looked at Philip and Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it suffice us. Have I been so long time with you, Philip? And you still don't know? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, he said, you've seen the Father, Brother Blackard. How sayest thou then, showest the Father? Believest thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. That's right, Pastor said, if he's seen me, you've seen the Father. See, this revelation that we have, brother, is a blessing. Yeah. Matthew 16, whenever Jesus come in the coast of Caesarea Philippi, all kinds of pagan worship going on, he walked up to his disciples. He said, whom do men say the Son of Man am? He was fishing to declare who he was, brother. Right there in the middle of all that mess. Just like what we're standing in right now. That's why we got to have a boldness on the inside of us. Not to back down, but to begin to declare that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That Jesus, Jesus is almighty God. Buddha ain't God. Them Hindu gods ain't God. Jesus Christ is God. The foundation, you build on anything else, your house is built on sand. It ain't going to last in these last days. Brother Work, all these denominal churches ain't going to be able to stand in the last day because the foundation is built on sand. I'm not being ugly. I'm just, I'm just preaching the word tonight. Whom do men say the Son of Man am? Some say thou art John the Baptist or Elias or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. That's a pretty good answer. He said, but whom do you say? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter waving his hand said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What did he tell Peter? Because he had this revelation. Blessed art thou, Simon boy Jonah. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this foundation, upon this rock, upon this rock, you built on it tonight, friend. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. I wish I had about 10 men right now that would make a lap around this church. I wish somebody would get excited about the oneness of God. Yeah! 
upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, go ahead and shout right now. Go ahead and worship. Go ahead and praise the one God. Come on, he ain't gonna give his glory to another. You ought to worship him right now. Don't wait on the music. Don't wait on your neighbor. Praise him because he's good. Praise him because he's worthy. Go ahead. Come on, let there be a roar. It's like that old Coca-Cola slogan. It's the real thing. There ain't nothing fake about this church. This is a book of Acts church. This is a revival church. This is a church where miracles happen. This is a church where you talk in tongues. This is a church where you get baptized in Jesus' name. This is a holiness church. Oh, you ought to shout right there. This is a holiness church. This is a separated church. We are a people under God. And we ain't backing up for nobody. Not mama, not daddy, nobody. Not brother, not sister, nobody. Not the Pope, nobody. I'm standing flat-footed. And I'm going to declare that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Say it with me. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Foundation. That's what Paul told us in Ephesians 2 and 20. For we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. Brother Marshall and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He's the chief apostle. Paul said in another place, no foundation can any man lay that was laid. And that is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation tonight. Some of you coming here overwhelmed. I've been trying to preach you. I've been trying to lead you to the rock. You got to remember who you are. You got to remember who you are. Psalm 61 says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will hide in thy tabernacle forever and I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Come on, if you're overwhelmed tonight, just head to the rock. Come on, if you've been in trouble fighting hell, go ahead, Brother Eli. Just go ahead and go to the rock. That rock that we've been shouting about, he's waiting on you right now. Yeah. He's ready to take care of that issue. He's ready. That's it. Go ahead. He's ready to take care of that trouble. 
He's ready to put that devil in a vehicle and send him packing. I'm telling you right now, the rock, the rock, the rock. Come on, come on, the rock. He's a firm foundation. He's something that's sure. He's something that's settled. There ain't nothing that can take you out when your house is built on the rock. Go ahead, brother, y'all play. Come on, let's worship him for a minute. Come on, magnify him. Give him praise in the house. Lift up his name. Let your hands clap. Let your feet stomp. Come on, revival. 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 Come on, revival. Psalm 89 and 26 calls him the rock of salvation. Psalm 94 and 22 calls him the rock of refuge. Romans 9 and 33 calls him the rock of offense. 2 Samuel 2 and 3 calls him the rock of Israel. David asked the question, who is a rock? Save our God. I say there's only one rock and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And in that name is every attribute and characteristic of Almighty God. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, your victory. He is Jehovah Kadesh Barnea, your sanctification. He is Jehovah Raph, your healer. He is Jehovah Rama, your shepherd, my God. He is everything that you need. And it's all in that name. It's all in the name. It's all in the name. That's what he wants. He just wants us just to worship him for a little bit. I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, just worship God. Go ahead, Brother Eli. Y'all sing. When I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I just want to dance, 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 dance all night. Jesus, what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus, how he 
Chapter 17, the Bible says that the children of Israel thirsted. And the Lord told Moses, he said, Moses, go stand upon the rock horrible. He said, I want you to take the staff that you're supposed to water with, and I want you to smite the rock. And whenever you hit the rock, provision's going to start flowing. If you just hit the rock, Exactly what you and all them folks need is going to begin to pour out. I wonder if somebody in faith right now would just take their staff and go ahead and just smack the rock because I'm telling you, Jehovah Jireh is in this place. There's a God that's full of provision in this house right now. There's living waters. There's living waters that's flowing. There's living waters that can quench your thirst. There's living water that'll give you what you need to make it to the other side. If you just have faith tonight in the rock, have faith tonight in the rock. Come on, hit it. Hit the rock.
need the Holy Ghost tonight. If you want the Holy Ghost, God will fill you before we leave. If you come meet the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't have it, you need it. You need the Holy Ghost. God will fill you right now. But I'm going to tell you, you can't live for God without it. The prophet said, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The Holy Ghost is what empowers you. It's the work of grace on your heart that enables you to be obedient to God and to overcome everything that come against you. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. His ability who strengthens me. A little bit later on in Exodus 17, Amalek come up against the children of Israel. And the Bible says that Moses, as long as Moses' hands was raised in the air, that Israel prevailed. But whenever Moses' hands would begin to fall, Amalek would begin to win the battle. Brother Vasquez, I want you to come help me out right quick. Brother Craig, come on up here. Brother Hughes, come help me out. This Moses right here. This is your Moses right here, your pastor. And as long as the pastor's hands was up, as long as the pastor was strong, Israel was win the battle. But whenever the pastor got a little bit tired and his hands would begin to fall, Amalek would begin to win. So the Bible says that they grabbed a stone and put it underneath Moses that he could sit on. See, the stone will hold you up right there in the middle of the battle that you've been fighting. The stone can give you rest when the enemy's coming against you like a flood. I'm telling you, the stone, and the stone began to give him rest, and they put Aaron and her on both sides of him to keep his hands in the air. See, I believe it's the it's the, it's the work of the church, the body, to bring your pastor before God, to lift your pastor up, to edify your pastor, to encourage your pastor, to keep his hands in the air. And we've got to understand that as long as they stay lifted, I want some men to come here right now. I want you to lay hands on this man. He's running all over the place. He's all over the world. He's here and there. He's country to country. You need to pray strength on your pastor. You need to pray strength on your pastor. That's it. Come on, this, this revival come with a price. Hell do anything to stop it. He wants to wear out the man of God. That's it, pray. Pray like you're praying for yourself. Come on, ladies. Pray it in the Holy Ghost. I believe he's going to walk out of here strong. I believe he's walking out of here refreshed. 
I believe his body's going to be strengthened. I prophesy it right now over him. I declare it in Jesus' name. That's it. Come on, your pastor fights devils that you don't fight. Your pastor's involved in wars that you don't war in. Sisters, y'all go gather around. Sister Vasquez, you might, I want y'all to pray for that lady. Come on, that pastor's wife deals with things that nobody in here knows about. That's right. They listen to everybody else's trouble and then they got their own trouble to deal with because these are just people too. They're just people too. And that sister over there has to walk a line that many don't have to walk. Ain't that right, Sister Wilson? So can we just make it about them for a minute? We, they always make it about you, I promise. It's always about you. These folks love you. I, I, they, I, we go all over the place. These are real deal pastors. This is a real deal man of God. This is a real deal woman of God. They're about the Father's business. They're all about souls. And it don't matter what your last name is, where you come from, they love you. They worry about you. They pray for you. They pray for you. That's it. The remainder of this service, we're just going to make it about them. Kilo moroto mosatarakite. Kinde roto mosataya. Inkondo robo sataya. Oh, you can only be as strong as your leadership. This is a great church because you got a great pastor. feel this in my spirit right now. I, I don't want to overstep my boundary, but I know Brother Vasquez says I've got liberty up here, so I'm going to take it. Now, this ain't going to be much. It's not going to sound like much, but I want to tell you right now that if you'll take this vow I'm just going to ask you to take, it's going to be very effective in this man's life and my sister's life over there. And if you're not going to keep this vow, the best thing not to do it is just don't take it. Okay? But I want this church, I, I feel this is what God wants, I should say. If you'll dedicate 15 minutes a day, 
15 minutes. That ain't much. Think about how much 15 minutes on Facebook. Amen. All that other stuff, Twitter and whatever it is. All that other mess. That's right, Pastor. 15 minutes that you'll dedicate separated prayer for this man and his wife. That's not much, is it? That's 15 minutes of not praying for yourself, not praying for your family, not praying for everything that you got going on, not praying for what you need, but praying for your pastor and his wife. Who'll take that vow right now? And when you lift that hand, you're lifting it to the Lord. You're not lifting it to Brother Miller. And you're not lifting it so your pastor or his wife can see it. You're lifting that hand to God. Okay? And if you don't know what to pray, just take the Word of God out and speak the Word of God over them. Speak the Word of God over them. This man's gone all the time. I don't know how many trips he's made just since I've been here. Three days on the plane and coming home and coming into revival and then doing this and doing that. This sister, every time I go over to her house, she's always got something going on. And I promise you, it ain't her stuff. And they need prayer. There's a 1,500-seat building over there that God's looking to fill up. He's looking to fill that building up or he wouldn't be building it. If he was only looking for 800, he'd build an 800-seat auditorium. But he ain't looking for 800. He's looking for 15. And with that influx of souls and just what we've been feeling here these past five or six weeks, however long it's been, the hell that, people, that the pastor and his wife fight behind this. And they need a body of believers that are praying in faith over them and over their children. Because this young lady and Sister Kate, they deal with things that other people might not, other kids their age might not. Amen. Lift them up in prayer. I just want you to extend your hands right now. And we're going to pray, and I'm going to turn this over to the pastor. Father, right now, I pray a covering over this man of God and his family. I speak a standard right now that would combat anything the enemy would bring against them. I speak angels to surround them everywhere that they go. God, that as he gets on these planes and he travels overseas, God, that there would be a hedge of protection around him. God, that he steps in that office you've called him to walk in. God, as you 
as you continue to increase this body. God, I pray strength and wisdom over them with the decisions that they make in the questions that they're asked. Father, I pray a supernatural refreshing over them. I speak it over them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we lift our hands to heaven and thank the Lord? God, we thank you for a sure foundation. Amen. A few minutes ago while I was standing down down right here in front, my body just started hurting. Not like flu aches. Don't get, don't get worried about that. But just like my muscles and my joints. I just felt pain. And when these men prayed for me, it instantly went away. So thank you guys for praying for me. All you guys, thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about what God's going to do this weekend, aren't you? Amen. It's going to be awesome. God's going to be, be moving and people will get the Holy Ghost and get baptized and healed and delivered and set free. Amen. I was able to visit with Sister Ashley Taylor this morning and God is doing a, a miracle in, in her. I was there and uh, Sister Betty was there and, uh, and the doctors told them that 95% of the people with the injuries she has don't make it. And she's talking. They had her up walking. Amen. They're going in Friday to do another surgery. But God's working miracles. And we're thankful for that. And she asked me, she asked me this morning, she asked me this morning to, to make sure that we're praying for her. So I hope you'll take Sister Ashley Taylor and uh, continue to pray for her. Also in the room right next to her is a young 26-year-old lady uh, that had a terrible accident. I've been able to visit with her family and pray with her. And her name is Peyton Carter, and she needs God to touch her in a special way. And I believe the Lord's going to do it in Jesus' name. How many is going to help me pray for Peyton Carter and for Ashley Taylor in Jesus' name? Amen, that the Lord will move for them. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's come back Sunday ready to have Holy Ghost revival in Jesus' name.